the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw and Duggan. If you'd like hearing knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rose, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go, or what? Uh, this is a uh, special visitor to hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that, and every kid up, they knew they could kick the shit out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. And I go, wait a minute, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of Show starring Abraham Washington. Tonight, Abraham welcomed his guest, Gregory Ham. And now, here's A. Well, he is infectious and almost fungal <laughs> in the way that he grows on you. There oh, is the contagious Abraham Washington. Sit down, sit down. Now, I would like to say thank you, Tony, for that wonderful introduction. And by the way, you're looking real sharp right there, man. You're trying to look better than me on my own show, huh? No, you don't want to do that. No, I'm just playing. But at this time, I would like to go ahead and welcome everybody out to the critically acclaimed Abraham Washington show. And of course, I am your host, Abraham Washington. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys, thank you, thank you. Well, well, you all heard it right here. The fight is on next week 
So we will see you all next time on the Abraham Washington Show! <laughs> Thank you. All right, Thank this you. is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good old friends over at Manscaped. Stay tuned a little bit later on in the show to find out how you can make a difference in your life by using the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here on the two-man power trip of wrestling flagship podcast by the one and only JP, John Paz. And John, today on the show, digging deep, finding somebody who we haven't heard from in a very long time as the former Abraham Washington joining us today, Uh, somebody who is making a huge name for himself again with some viral videos. Always uh, a great talker, always got a lot to say, but now uh, coming back on the scene for the first time in a long time, um, what an impact he's about to make with some of the things uh, he's saying in these videos he's making in this interview today, but tell us what we have to look forward to here with the former Abraham Washington. Yeah, a lot of great stuff from Abraham, and it's great to kind of see that he's making his way back in, whether it would be with his videos doing the Reverend Jeremiah Constantine thing, kind of going back to his talk show roots in the WWE and ECW and that sort of thing. So it's great to see him kind of making his way back out there and really becoming a big part of social media because he was always an entertaining guy. I mean, such quick uh, wit, you know, he's just fast on the mic. He's just a funny guy, good comedic value. You know, he had a lot of good kind of very entertaining qualities about him that I really, really enjoyed. And it's good to see him kind of making his way back in the scene after being away from wrestling for quite a while. And, of course, you can see him at the big event March 7th. He's going to be one of those rare guests that you get to meet. I know a lot of these shows, sometimes you might get the same guy over and over. But he hasn't been around in a while. hasn't done a lot of signings. hasn't done a lot of meet and greets. And hasn't taken a lot of pictures with fans. So that's definitely going to be a unique, rare kind of appearance. March 7th in LaGuardia Airport Hotel over there in Queens, New York. So big event. Getting a nice, rare guest out of Abraham Washington. Yeah, really rare guest, and for those encyclopedia nuts out there, that's an essential guy because he, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a of a good run there. So the fans from the early part of uh, the the early two thousand and tens are going to remember Abraham Washington and the Abraham Washington show and Tony Atlas being out there and being like the Ed McMahon and guys who really didn't get a chance to to be on talk shows or get that spotlight because ECW was kind of like the uh, the stepchild to uh, WWE creative at that time got to show that personality on the Abraham Washington show it's just a shame that uh this his firing almost predates cancel culture because had he done it today he definitely would have been fired but going back to when he did say those comments that got him fired it's almost funny that he uh he didn't skirt it because back then it wasn't as fast to pull the trigger as it would be today yeah, it's so interesting. Like, imagine if that happens today. Oh, my God. They would try, you know, these fans, they would try to ban him from everything. And he'd be canceled just from about everything. He would probably wouldn't even be making this appearance on March 7th in Queens. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, wow, like, these people today are just absolutely nuts. But back then, kind of surprising with the Kobe joke and getting fired because of it. And, yeah, maybe it was a little uh, a little crass or a little crude, and you say whatever you want, but I think it was just a kind of a funny joke and based off of reality, which always kind of makes it even funnier and kind of making it a little bit risky, a little bit edgy, which I just think adds to the joke 
spoke as well. So, of course, when he's talking about Titus and saying he's unstoppable, like uh, Kobe Bryant in a hotel room in Colorado, you're going to get a chuckle from a lot of people. And I'm sure maybe a chuckle out of Vince McMahon himself. But for whatever reason, they were just very not happy with those comments. There was a lot of negative uh, remarks made. Kobe Bryant's brother supposedly called in and complained, if that's even true who the hell knows but you know a lot of people were offended and and wb kind of pressed him about it why he said it and he basically got a fine for it had to apologize had a meeting with triple h and vince and you'll hear way more about that in the interview as we discuss it but it's one of those things where like oh i thought that was the end of it uh you know the, the apology on raw by michael cole and everything like that you think perhaps that was the end of it but no he kind of has a different meaning of why he might have been fired. And it might not have been for the Kobe joke because he thought he was around that, being that, you know, got the fine, had the apology, everything else. He thought he was over that and around it. But maybe, just maybe, it may have had to do with the tweets about Linda McMahon and how they kind of want to distance her from wrestling. And he was kind of giving her like a little bit of a rah-rah, a little bit like, oh, get him, win that Senate seat. And apparently WWE was not happy about it and they never mentioned it to him or told it to him, but he kind of got the feeling that they didn't like that. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to see that. And that was not really what they wanted to uh, have any of their wrestlers talking about, especially since Linda McMahon was trying to distance herself from wrestling at that point. So weird. I mean, it doesn't take much sometimes for them to be pissed about something. Mm. And he was just, uh, he was a a scapegoat, I feel like, for the Kobe joke. But, I mean, also, look at the timing of the interview. Only a few mere weeks after Kobe's passing. You know, just one of those weird timing things, obviously, you know, at the time, very topical. Uh, You can't knock him for it at the time. I mean, everybody was doing those kinds of jokes. It was all over the late night shows. You know, it was on Stern. It was on all the the outlets that would be talking about it. And that just meant he was on top of uh, current events. He was on top of stuff that was relevant to fans that were uh, watching and listening. And, yeah, maybe it was the political stuff. Maybe it was the Kobe joke. I guess it's kind of up to your opinion after you uh, you get to hear from uh, from Abe. And if you're a fan of his, then you know it's been a long time coming. So before we uh, wrap it up here, just give us a few uh, keys to the game, what we have to look forward to. I really like getting into the Abraham Washington show stuff because we get into a little bit about what he thought about when it was first pitched to him, how it wasn't really his idea. He basically had a private meeting with Vince, and I thought this was one of the most interesting parts in the in the interview. This kind of private meeting with Vince and Johnny Ace, and they kind of just basically kind of throw him to the fire and don't really tell him, you know, give him much like warning. It's basically like, hey, here, do a little pitch for Vince, do a little uh, stand up comedy, so to speak, and uh, you know, you have the room with him for a few minutes, and let's see if you sink or swim. And Vince loved what he heard, and he wasn't necessarily going for talk show host kind of stuff, but for whatever reason, after the meeting with Vince, he decided he was going to give him the Abraham Washington show. And the really interesting part to me is they didn't really tell him until he got to TV. So he's not sure, which is so interesting. It's so weird about WB. So he's with them, and they like him. They want to put him on TV, but they don't give him any warning about what he's going to be doing or they don't have any collaboration about it it's just like hey this is what you're doing and see see you know let's see how it works on tv and i liked it backstage but let's see what you can do out there in front of the fans i would if, if i was running things maybe collaborate with him a little bit tell him what my plan of was what i wanted to do and what i was thinking about it and you know and then you can make it even better from the start and he kind of says it was a little 
uh, rocky, rocky start to begin with, and it had some rocky roads, and it wasn't as comfortable. It was a little awkward at first. So I think if they kind of warned him a little bit maybe and gave him a little bit of a heads up of what he wanted or what Vince saw in him and liked him, probably would have had a better start, but he definitely, definitely grew better with time, and as the Abraham Washington show grew, so did he as a character, and you could tell he got even more comfortable with that role and playing that role, and then he added Tony Atlas to the mix, added to it even further, and he had a whole slew of guests that he really enjoyed doing those interviews with. Some he likes more than others, but he does mention a few good ones that he liked, like Tommy Dreamer, which uh, Matt Hardy, a few ones that he really enjoyed kind of above others. But to me, I think the Abraham Washington stuff is so interesting and kind of get to be a fly on the wall. And when he talks about the interview and the basically the stand-up comedy that he did for Vince, which is almost like a... Uh, um, trial run i guess so to speak a, a trial run type deal that it was almost like all right let's see what you got vince liked it and immediately wanted to put him on tv and there you go all right well stay tuned for that stay tuned for the rest of it it was a nice long chat and uh let us know what you think if you uh if you really like what you heard uh and also don't sleep on that dude buster segment as well with tony atlas not knowing which <laughs> which one was which don't sleep on that one that was a great one so yes. uh let's wrap it up here nice and get you with some two-man power trip of wrestling business and don't forget in a little bit we're going to tell you some more about manscaped and uh do us a favor and uh take a listen and uh help out the cause if you can if you're also uh like uh, john and i we're not only uh pitch men we're also clients so uh <laughs> just get ready for that and let's get you with some tmpt business and get it on over to the former abraham washington and now for some tmpt business like us on facebook follow us on twitter at two man power trip and at wrestling pal subscribe to us on youtube also subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Mike, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit JJ Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas' store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and Player FM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podomatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And now, Without any further ado, he is a former announcer, manager, talk show host, and of course, a former WWE superstar. You may know him as Reverend Jeremiah Constantine, but we know him as Abraham Washington. Please enjoy.
right. Joining us on the line right now is a former WWE superstar. He was an announcer, a manager, a talk show host. You may know him as Abraham Washington, but he is the Reverend Jeremiah Constantine. Jeremiah, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So what have you been up to? What is going on in your world lately? We have heard from you, if you you follow you online and stuff, and we've heard from you, but what have you been up to? Uh, Recently, just um, doing my own material, man. Creating my own own product and just putting it out there, looking to see uh, how people respond to it, and hopefully able to take it somewhere, uh, some company, and just see where I fit in right now. It's been a long time since I've been on the scene, almost eight years, so just getting back in the groove of things. <laughs> so where have you been for the last eight years? Oh, I, as far as personal life? Or yeah, like, uh, yeah. How can you, like, oh, yeah. How can oh, you stay uh, uh, from business? Trying to flow, uh, fly low under the radar. You know, I did a couple of things wrestling-wise, uh, in Florida with coastal championship wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, wrestled for them for a while. And, um, I do music as well. You know, I put out an album, uh, trap ghoul. If anybody's interested in checking that out, uh, and just working, man, I'm a personal trainer as well. So I do that. So keeping an eye on the industry, you know, I was just looking for the right time to re-enter, And I've done that now and just looking to make some progress. You uh, look bigger than ever. I, I actually don't remember you looking that big. I was looking at <laughs> pictures. I was like, man. So per this personal training thing, I, obviously, uh, I would highly recommend you. I mean, you, you look great. Is, is that something you've been working on since you've been kind of out of the business, getting into shape and getting bigger? Well, the thing is, I, I've always been in shape. You know, that's one of the reasons I got signed, you know, uh, back in uh, 08, you know, uh, at uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, you know, I was in great shape. And then when I was doing the Abraham Washington show and, and in Florida Championship Wrestling, I had one of the best physiques there. Now, when I got on the road <laughs> and got mm-hmm. introduced to catering, things changed a little bit towards the end of that. Uh, <laughs> the, the suit was fitting a little too tight, and it wasn't because of muscle. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, I've always... Uh, most people that know me or have seen me wrestle from time to time in Florida Championship Wrestling, they always knew I was in shape. So, But they kept me in a suit, so nobody ever saw it. Nobody ever knew what my yes. physique really looked like when I was on point. You know, because it, was a, a, it wasn't a national show. It was just a state show, a cable show in Florida. So it's still kind of a surprise to most when they finally do see me. But, yeah, I am in shape. Now you are putting out videos and stuff, uh, Jeremiah Constantine, and you know the minister of uh, Mount mm-hmm. Zion of Tabernacle. I mean, you're doing a lot of creative, good stuff. What's kind of uh, you know what's your thought process on where you are with that? Are you, are you liking kind of what you're doing so far? Are you feeling it? Oh yeah, I love what I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I, I I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. You know, I, it takes me time sometimes to come. I mean, I'm, I write, produce, edit all my own material, so. Uh, along with a full-time job. So it's just a a matter of when I have the opportunity to work on it and when I'm able to put it out there and see how people respond to it. But I love what I do. I'm in complete control of it. Nobody can tell me, hey, you can't say that. Hey, (laughs) I don't think that's going to work. No, it will work, and I will say it. So I I love the creative freedom. Which is probably not something that you were used to in the WWE. 
Yeah, no, they 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 have the reins pretty tight, and for good reason. I I mean, I get it in certain instances. You know, uh, you just don't want your talent going out saying anything. Uh, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way, but uh, yeah, I'm in control of my own destiny at this point. So that's what I'm enjoying the most. Yeah, I guess now it's a bit more topical uh, to kind of mention that the when you did. You know, "Quote unquote," get in trouble. The Kobe Bryant joke controversy, right? Right? Did that that kind of led to some trouble? Did it lead to trouble? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I got fired. <laughs> but was that yeah. the real? Was that the real like main reason? That was that the reason you, you know, got fired was because of that? It's between one or two things. Is that and the Linda McMahon tweet? You know, I can't say which. They both they both had an effect on each other. You know, Kobe led to Linda, and it just—I don't—I mean, it just uh, came out of nowhere. So, I'm still not quite sure, but one of those two uh, did some some harm somewhere, pissed somebody off. Yes. Now, the <laughs> so, Linda McMahon tweet that was basically you kind of talking about her and wrestling together, and they, I guess, had a some sort of edict where you're not allowed to mention wrestling and her anymore because she wanted to keep a distance. Was that basically the gist of it? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't mention her with wrestling. I just told people to vote for, her, you know, and by me being in the company, I guess that, uh, by default, that is associating her with wrestling, but there was no, Hey, uh, no, no, nothing like that. You know, it's just, Hey, vote for Linda. And that's it. You know, I had some hashtags on there, but I, think the wwe might not have understood you know one of those was uh vote vote or die you know it was a campaign started by diddy p diddy mm-hmm. yep. Puff Daddy, whatever damn name he's using right now uh but yeah it's kind of a uh, quote-unquote urban thing you know and i put it on there i don't know if they misunderstood it i thought it was something violent or something i, I have no idea but yeah, but as far as an edict being, no, no one ever said anything to me about associating her with the company or mentioning her. You know, her name never came up. If that was the case, I wouldn't have tweeted it out. <laughs> you know, right? But it was. I, I saw. I don't know what I was thinking that night. Maybe I saw a political commercial or something, and I just sent it out there. And then you know, the next day I hear, I get the call. So it's like, uh oh, what happened? I didn't think it was that bad, but apparently yeah, it was. Uh, definitely isn't. And do you think that's yeah. a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit extreme as far as they don't even kind of tell you what was, <laughs> yeah, what you was wrong, what was said? Like that's a little yeah. petty, petty, a little extreme uh, on their part. Yeah, they didn't get it. They didn't get one excuse, uh, a reason why. You know, just gotta let you go. So I was like, wow, okay, thank you. And that was the end of that. <laughs> that is, that's not good. Cold so, blooded, man. Cold yeah, blooded. they really are. Um, as far as as the, the Kobe Bryant stuff, I mean, it's I don't I don't know. It's, it it is a joke. Obviously, you know, a, a pretty funny one if you I mean if you think about it. Um, but maybe kind of uh, a, a little, maybe a little dark. Maybe they, maybe that's the kind of humor I like. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see how somebody could possibly take it the wrong way. You know, it, it's kind of like the the thing. I guess, uh, man, 
Gail King, I think, is going through something like that right now. You know, get death threats because she said brought up Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, he's passing away, you know, bringing mm-hmm. up the rape allegations and all of that, you know, and people are pissed off at her even talking about it, bringing it up, you know. So it's, it's kind of sensitive, I, I guess, but the man was still alive at the time, so I don't think I deserve that much heat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I could see how it could be taken that way, but it, once again, it wasn't meant to be malicious or to offend anybody who's ever experienced uh you know, in any type of sexual misconduct or anything like that. So once again, it's just something that I feel that got blown out of proportion. I made an apology and it was just, yep. let's just keep it moving. You know, people make yeah. mistakes yep. on TV and <laughs> just got to keep going. I do think that that is a, a funny joke. I mean, you know, he's, it's like uh, yeah. basically Titus O'Neil's like Kobe in a hotel room. He's unstoppable. Like, I don't know. To me, maybe I have a dark sense of humor, but I just thought it was funny. Yeah. And and for those people, obviously, this is years ago, but I can't believe they were to get offended then, really, because, you know, it's not like he's some saint or something like that. You know what I mean? He, he really got in trouble. I mean, it was yeah. a legit it was a legit thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, at the time, I, I get, majority of the responses I got were people thought it was funny. It was it was seventy five percent thought it was twenty twenty five. Eh, not my taste. Didn't really care for it. It was rude. It was crude, disgraceful. <laughs> but hey, I I I'm gonna go with the consensus, you know. But at the end of the day, it's the powers that be that make the decision, you know. If they didn't have that same sense of humor, then you know, I, I wind up on the short end of the stick with that one. So they made you apologize. They, they, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, uh, I apologized on Twitter. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I did, yeah. I didn't do anything, like, on video or anything like that. But, yeah, I said that. But I'm sorry, guys. And plus, after the, the segment, they came back from commercial. And um, Lawler, I think Michael Cole, <laughs> gave an official apology on behalf of AW. <laughs> so, yeah. That's Crazy. pretty funny. Yeah, very yeah. crazy. Is that one of those things where they they reprimand you? Like, what do they say to you? Like, does Vince get involved? I mean, who gets involved? Yeah, and who was, says anything to you? Yeah, well, I came. I went to the back. You know, it was kind of quiet. You know, looked over at Vince. I mean, I didn't. I honestly didn't know anything bad had happened. You know, then one of the writers comes up and he's like, you know, uh, what did you say? What? Who told you to say that? You know, and I'm looking like, man, get the hell out of my face. What are you talking about? <laughs> And I forget his name, which which writer was at the time. It was somebody new. And I'm like, what? He was like the Kobe Bryant thing. And I was like, uh, nobody. My own. I, I said I wrote it because nobody ever gave me a script to go out there and say anything. You know, it was just basically freestyle it. So that's what happened. But um, as far as reprimanding, you know, uh, I was fined and, you know, 5000 Paid that. And... From there, yeah, I think the next, what's the next day? I think I had a meeting with Vince Hunter. You know, they sat me down, they talked to me. And the, the, the meeting was a little weird, you know. It was, he, Vince basically was like, uh, it's not your job to go out there and try to be a comedian. It was just, you know, you, we want you to go out and, and get these guys over, basically. And in my mind, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, I don't see any other way for me to get them over, you know, besides yelling. Titus or Darren or something because fans are already irritated with it because when you're talking during the match, you know, people don't really want to hear 
somebody talking outside of what's going on in the ring, you know. You got the commentators, of course, on TV, but in the live arena, different kind of thing. So uh, that was awkward, but that was the end of it. After talking with Ben, he was like, okay, well, go back out there and do what you do. I was like, okay, fine. Everything was cool. But uh, is yeah. it that you trying to get them over by saying, well, like, yeah, he's that's, unstoppable, that's, you can't beat him, he's unstoppable. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was doing, you know. I mean, it's not like, what do you want me to get in the ring too? I can do that too. Yeah. But the position you wanted me to do was to be a manager. And that's what I'm doing. Managers help get their talent over by speaking. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> Did you want to wrestle at that point or were you okay with being a manager? Oh, no, I was wanting to wrestle. Yeah, I was actually dieting down at that time. Because I was hoping that they w- we would do something as far as on the house shows. I think they were going to start having to be wrestled. So I was getting preparing for that. But never happened. Never got that far. I was hoping once the Primetime players got the titles, we would do something. Like six-man or something. But Yeah. Yeah. Didn't happen. As far as how you actually got into, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, getting signed in 2008 and really kind of making your way in. How did you go about getting signed? Like who calls you? How do they find you? You How does that all happen? Well, uh, I was in Louisville, Kentucky, the, at a facility, Ohio Valley wrestling. WWE had their, uh, initial, or one of their, uh, initial, um, training places there, you know, like how NXT is now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was in Louisville, Kentucky, at Ohio Valley Wrestling, and run by Danny Davis and Rip Rogers, uh, head trainer there. So they were there doing that. I actually flew out to Louisville, Kentucky, to learn how to wrestle because that's something I wanted to pursue. I went to the school. Here's a long story short. Went to the school, uh, formed a tag team with JTG, uh, the other halftime of Crying Time. Mm-hmm. And we were, the, we were the original crime time. It was me and JTG. Did that for about a year and a half, almost two years. You know, and then uh, I left. JTG stayed. He eventually got signed. They put him with Shad Gaspard. They went up on the road, did crime time. I was, I was away for a couple of years, came back. And the I had only been back like a month and then found out that the WWE was having a tryout. Because they had left or they had left there and moved and went to Florida to start Florida Championship Wrestling. So they weren't in Louisville anymore when I went back. So uh found out they had a tryout. John Laurinaitis came. About sixty, seventy guys there. And I was one of the guys lucky enough to get picked and I got signed up. Yeah, me. It was me, Ryback. Um Ah man, I can't remember it. Chris Cage was his name there. He was a part of the Dew Busters. Him and Trent Beretta on ECW. Kalen Croft. Yeah. Yep. Kalen Croft. Yeah, there it is. Chris. Chris. Hey, good friend of the show, Chris Pavone. Yes. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's a teacher now. So, (laughs) yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's really funny. Good guy. But, um, yeah, and uh, one other guy that got signed. So, it was four of us, and we made our way to Tampa. That was how I got signed. Who's down there at this point? I mean, it's probably Steve Kern, Dusty, Dr. Tom. And Tampa? Yes. Yeah, and um, Norman Smiley. 
what was your thoughts kind of heading over to there? I mean, that's a great crew of guys to learn from. Well, I didn't know any of them were there <laughs> until I got oh, there. Oh, okay. Know, I, didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about Glory Championship Wrestling. All I knew was I got signed and um, I was going to Tampa. And when I got there and found out, you know, Dr. Tom and then uh, Steve Kern, Norman Smiley, and then to finally see the dream there, you know, a little starstruck. But it was an incredible experience. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was amazing being able to work around those individuals, you know, the knowledge that came out, so much experience, so many great stories, you know, just made it all worthwhile. So when you're kind of going along and now it's time to pick a gimmick and a name and you know, go about that, who is that? Are you making it? Are they creating it? Is there a collaboration? How does that all take place? Well, it's kind of on you, you know. They want you to do something that you feel comfortable doing, you know. So it's usually something you come up with. You know, every every Wednesday we would have promo class, and uh, Dream would uh head he would be he would lead that class. We'd all come in and do 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 some type of persona, some type of gimmick, something that we that they could possibly use on TV. You know, something that they might be interested in putting up on the road. You know, if you were ready. So whatever you came up with is basically what you would present, and whatever name you had that you liked. And if it was something that they said, okay, hmm, we kind of like this. We kind of like what you're doing. Okay. Uh, submit a list of names, you know, with names. If this doesn't work, what about this? What about this? And then you send it in and then they, they will approve whichever name they, they get and tell you, okay, this is your name. This is what you're going to go by now. So keep doing what you're doing. And then two months later, they say, okay, scrap it, change everything. <laughs> we want right. you to do this now. So. Yeah. Yeah, if it, if it, it might last two months, it might last two years. You know, you might be like Buddy Murphy and just get your name sliced in half in one day. So, <laughs> good call. That's kind of what they do. A lot of the guys, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, I always joke around with a lot of the guys and my buddies too. Like, I wonder how they come up with some of the names. Like a name generator. Like I've heard some like horrible, horrible names. It's like you're just like, wait, like, what? <laughs> like even Dolph Ziggler. Like where the Dolph Ziggler? Where the hell did they make that up from? Like what? Yeah. It's it like you just think like oh, literally name generator. Oop, Dolph. Oop, Ziggler. Like you almost kind of wonder. Sometimes is it like yeah. a rib? Is it a rib? <laughs> is it a joke? Like are they yeah. serious with some of the names? Yeah, uh, yeah. Husky Harris. You know. It's, uh, oh, it's awful. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, Abraham Washington isn't that fucking great either. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I came up with that myself. You know, it was Abraham Saddam Washington. And, yes. you know, of course, I based it off of Barack Obama because I was doing the presidential thing at the time. So, yes. yep. but I, it was weird that they kept the name when I did the talk show. So it, it really didn't fit. I was like, Abraham Washington talk show host. What? You know, I was supposed to be the president. So it would have made more sense. Yeah, but they chose to keep the name, so I was like, okay, let's do it. That is great. Abraham, I guess you were Abraham Saddam Washington and Abraham Obama. Did weren't you at one point Abraham Obama Washington as well? Nope, nope, never. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay. So yeah. it, was just, yeah. it was just the Obama gimmick then? Yeah, it was uh, the Obama-style gimmick, yeah, but it was never Obama. Never official. I, I saw that somewhere. I was like, that ain't my name. <laughs> I never said it. No, Obama, it was Saddam, you know, because... Barack was Hussein, so yes. Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yes, so, yep. yeah, it's perfect. 
So when they are developing the talk show host gimmick and that, you're kind of a little surprised by it, or you're you're into it? Well, here's the thing: they did. I never knew anything about it. <laughs> How I got the talk show host to, to, to do the show was they brought me up on the road. Uh, they had seen a lot of my promos. It's like okay. Uh, Johnny was like, you know, we're going to have you promo for Vince. I'm like, what? You know, you know, come up with a promo for Vince. And then um, we, that was it. Just come up with a promo for Vince. I was like, oh, man, you know, that's that's a lot of pressure, man. You know, somebody like, what 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 am I going to say? You know, it's like, uh, okay. So eventually, you know, and the thing is, I came up with the promo the day before, you know, part of it on the plane, part of the night before at the hotel. And, you know, I go, but I'm doing the presidential thing still at the time. And the next day I get, I had, um, who did I have with me? Um, Kevin Kiley, Alex Riley. He was there mm-hmm. with me. He was one of the secret, secret service agents. And then we had one of the, the, the local talent dress up in a suit, throw some shades on. He was another secret service agent. <laughs> So, long story short, we we go into the producers meeting. Now, mind you, this is the meeting for the show for Raw. You know, it's very serious in there at this time. You got Vince, producers, writers, and they're trying to finish this show. And here I come, <laughs> busting through. You know, with these Secret Service agents that come in. You know, and they were walking in and doing the whole security thing, and then they walk up. And then they pat Vince down, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> and he, he he goes along with it. He's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" And then so, and then they they motion for me to come in, and here I come, uh, pimp walking <laughs> down, down the aisle, and I get up to the to the front of the room. And, you know, it's like, "Okay, showtime!" So I cut this five minute promo, which is basically a stand up comedy thing I did. And uh, at the end of it, you know, Vince loved it. He stood up gave me a round of applause. The whole room gave a round of applause. I leave later. I find out John Lord. said, I did a great job. Fucking fantastic. All that good, good, good stuff. And then uh, a couple of days later or the next week, I don't remember the time frame that I found out that I had the Abraham Washington show. That was it. And then it was like, okay, you're a talk show host. Now we're bringing you up. First guest, uh, the Bellas. And I was like, what? You know, I thought I was c- going to be coming back to do the president thing, but it's like, nope. I, I I don't know why they they switched it out on me, but they was like, I want you to be a talk show host. So, okay, that's a that's little show. weird that they don't yeah. collaborate with you, like saying, like, hey, what do you think about being a talk show host? They just like, hey, you're a talk show host now. Like, they don't ask you or say, what do you think about it? You're just it. Mm-mm. Nope, no, no, that's it. I mean. Well, I mean, what am I going to say? Nah, you know, I don't really <laughs> want to do that. You know, yeah, let Vince yeah. know, eh, not, not, I don't like this idea. You know, let's try something else. It don't really work like that. You know, you take whatever opportunity you get, especially to get up on the road because you can get lost down there in um, developmental. So they call your name, man. You better be ready to go. Whatever they need you to do, yeah. find a way to do it. And you Don't made your debut. Yep. And you made your debut on the new ECW brand, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo, that was rough. It was a rough one. That was a rough show. <laughs> I can't even watch it. I can't watch it. I can't watch it back. <laughs> meaning it's hard to watch. Meaning them in general, or you mean 
you. No, just me. No, me. My segment. <laughs> the Abraham Washington show. Yeah, it was rough. Not the best work, but I now, got through it. Now you're talking about yourself or the bellows or the yeah, chemistry yeah. or the combination? Oh, no, no. Just myself. The, just the entire thing. You know, I, it felt awkward. I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. You know, it was, I was trying to make this thing be that I didn't really know what it was. So it was just awkward, you know, got to the back, Michael Hayes, <laughs> he gave me this look like, yeah, <laughs> I felt the same way. Like, yeah, okay. Let's try again next week. So luckily I got the hall of famer, Tony Atlas, uh, added to the show, which brought new life and saved it because I didn't know what the hell was going on. It had, it added a whole new dimension. And they took it out of the ring and put it up at, at the top of the ramp, so that made it look a lot better. So it's pretty cool at that point. Yeah, and he kind of became your Ed McMahon, you know, the sidekick. You know, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Andy Richter. I mean, he that was pretty funny and, and a different side and a different dimension to him that we hadn't really seen much of. Exactly, you know. So it, it turned out it was great for both of us, you know. Yeah, I enjoyed it at that point. How do you think about your chemistry with him? Because it seemed legit and, and good. Was same off camera as it was on camera? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We were always cool. Now, obviously, you were saying that the, the first episode with the Bellas, you didn't like yourself. It came off bad. Michael Hayes is saying it came off bad, but they keep it going. I mean, they're not going to take you off TV. They keep it rolling. Yeah, well, you I said mean, they moved yeah, up the yeah. ramp. They had Tony Atlas. I mean, they they must have seen something in you. Maybe a little bit awkward at first or nervous, but uh, they saw something in you. Yeah, I mean, of course they wouldn't put me on TV if they didn't, you know. But it was just trying to find the. You know, you, it, it, with anything new, you just got to find the groove. You know, you got to get that rhythm going. They give you a certain amount of time to get it. You don't have long. If you don't get it quick, <laughs> you, you, you're going to be out the door. So, you know, you got a little grace period. Okay, one, two, I believe three three weeks max. You might get three shows, but after that, you know, uh, you might be off TV for a while. So, right. luckily, I was kind of able to hit a little little groove, got a little rhythm going, and Tony added some extra rhythm, so it let me hang around a little bit longer. And you'd interview all the big names of, of ECW, all the main eventers pretty much. I mean, Matt Hardy, Christian, yeah. Tommy Dreamer. Is there any ones that really stick out as some of the favorite ones you did or the best ones that you did? Uh, I enjoyed the one I did with Yoshi. <laughs> You know, Tatsu, kind of yes. Yeah, yeah, we did that one in, in England. Yeah, uh, when we got to the back, Vince stood up, you know, uh, gave us an applause. I think he was m- worried about Yoshi more than anything, you know, being able to come across and not mess up his lines and whatnot. So, but Yoshi did great. Uh, yeah, everybody was great, man. I enjoyed working with everybody. Tommy. And, man, I remember, like, I think I had to make some fat jokes about Tommy. You know, I felt real awkward doing it, you know, because, you know, I'm new there, you know, and I feel like, man, I'm calling this guy fat, you know. You know, I like Tommy Dream. I respect Tommy Dream. And I feel like, you know, I had to call up to him, like, hey, Tommy, man, I didn't write this shit. <laughs> so, please, this isn't me. And he was like, he was like, don't worry about it, man. I get it. I know. And I was like, okay. But he respected the fact that I, 
that I said that, you know, but yeah. Uh, everybody was cool, man. Christian, Matt Hardy, Tiffany, Goldust. Yeah, everybody was cool. I enjoyed working with everyone. As far as you said, Vince, when you came through, gave you uh, a you know, round of applause or stood up, is that something common? Is that something that happens frequently? Oh, no, or is that no, a no, very no. rare occurrence? No, it's rare. <laughs> it's rare. So if you get it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you did something good. You know, he's not wasting it. He's been in the business forever, created mm-hmm. around everyone and everything, you know, seen it all, done it all. You know, so for him to feel like he did something, you know, good and take the time out and stand up and do all that stuff, you feel a sense of accomplishment at that point. So what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What did you think of the new ECW? What did I think of it? Yeah. Did you like that they were rebranding it or did you always think like, okay, maybe we should have a new name for it or it seemed weird that it was a new ECW, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the ECW you remember from the nineties. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it wasn't ECW. They, 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 I feel like they could have changed the name ECW light, (laughs) you know, or or something to that. Or, I I don't know, man. It's just, when the WWE, WWE gets a hold of something from, and it, and it comes from another source, you know, like like when Goldberg came to WWE. Goldberg was the man in WCW. He came to WWE, he's like, eh, really, uh, at least for me. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't the same for me. But, hey, I was there and trying to make the best out of whatever it was. So, at the time, it was the best show on TV. <laughs> yes. It is, yeah. it is like WB. They kind of you know, something that's not their own creation. They'll definitely kind of not go out of their way, but they'll definitely kill it. And you're kind of like, all right, uh, why do they, you know, why do they bring that guy in to, just to kill it? Like they bring back Sting and he loses it to Triple H at WrestleMania. You're like, what the hell was that all about? Yeah, you know, it's just I, I don't get it, man. I, I think I don't, I don't know. I can't even try to explain it. It's like they want to have everything and everyone but don't know what to do with what you already have. And then you get bringing all this other talent and promotions and everything. It's just uh, a mess. <laughs> so I think that's where the state of things right now, you know, it's kind of messy. It's just like, ugh, I, I don't know. I, I think you cut half of your roster and, and work with what you got. Because you got guys just sitting back there, you know, in catering. And watch yeah. at the monitor watching, you know, got great talent, you know. But somebody doesn't feel like they deserve a shot. Or for whatever reason they're not on T V. So I don't I don't know, man. You got three hundred guys, I'd rather have one hundred guys that I could concentrate yeah. on to really tell some great stories and do some things with and just just being bombarded by uh quantity over quality so and you know what happens when you're stuck back out there at catering right i mean when yeah, you get introduced man. to that food yeah you get a new need a new belt <laughs> yeah it's not good for you it's not good for the waistline yeah <laughs> yep so 
when you're kind of not done with ECW, when you get the call up to Raw, how does that go down? Is that Johnny Ace again saying, hey, uh, we need you for Raw. You're getting called up. Oh, no. I get Well, at that point, you just get travel. and you, you, You'll see it in your email, you know, WWE travel. You're flying out this time, this day, and really don't know what you're going for. You know, but you're going, and then until you get there, you find out, okay, this is what you're doing. So, yeah, basically that's how it goes. I mean, sometimes they give you a heads up. You might get a email from a writer saying, hey, we got this idea. But sometimes you just don't know. You just go prepared to do anything. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to say, I'm sorry. What's that? I'm sorry, you were going to say, I, I cut you off, I'm sorry. No, no, it's just like everything's kind of on the fly, you know, so just be ready to work. But that's kind of like not, I guess, very like romantic in, in a way where it's like I, you figured you'd get the, hey, you're getting called up to the big show, like nothing like that, huh? It, it, it depends. I mean, sometimes you, 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 might get a, you might get a call from Johnny and say, hey, uh, we're going to bring you up and be ready. This is what we plan on doing with you. Or you just get an email saying you got travel. It it depends on the the level as to what they're doing, you know. I feel like if they they you can make this main event push with you, they might let you know ahead of time. But if it's something they just want to try out, they're experimenting with something. They're not going to go out of their way just to make a big uh, show out of it. Just hey, see you there. This is what you do. <laughs> It's breaking news here on the two-man power trip. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your public service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer was just released moments ago, and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer is now available for purchase. This third-generation Manscaped Trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents, and millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Now, we've been talking about Manscaped since last year, and we wouldn't endorse a product that we didn't believe in. And one thing I can say about the Manscaped products is that it's not only quality, but it's also the best product you're ever going to find. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, and one of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this design stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to the two-man power trip right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and we want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. So trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code POWERTRIP at manscaped.com. Again, it's 20% off plus free shipping with the code POWERTRIP at manscaped.com. And as always, your balls will thank you. And when you debut basically they're going to make you manager all world promotions they kind of tease it a little bit right where you're handing out the business cards you have your own agency is that kind of like where you felt that was like a good idea or you're like all right i'm happy i'm on raw i'm on the brand let's go 
Yeah, well, here's the, well, like the, the, what I was telling you, they, I just found out I had travel and I show up, you know. I didn't really know what I was doing, but this was on the house show, the live event, you know, not non not TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, they paired me with Damien Sandow. And, you know, if anybody knows Damien Sandow, he's well-spoken. He can carry himself on the mic, you know, doesn't need me. Uh, but they put me with him to go out and manage him. You know, I went out and did it a couple of times, and we're both looking like, the hell are they doing (laughs) you know but it was like here's the thing they're not telling us what's going on but they have they're they're working through their own mind what they want to do and so after they saw that then they were like okay then i find out they're putting me with the prime time players i'm like oh okay now this makes sense but they didn't tell us that at the time they're just trying something out so yeah then they have me backstage handing out business cards and whatnot and once again you know what am i going to say yeah i'm not feeling this Right, right. Fourth agent managerial thing. I was hoping to do this this time. No, you you're lucky enough to get a call. We thought about you. <laughs> we want to use you, so you take the opportunity and try to make the best out of it that you can. And I remember kind of with Primo, Epico, and, and Rosa at first, and that just didn't seem like a good fit. And and primetime players definitely felt like a, a better fit for you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the that was the the, the switcheroo, you know. Had to be swerve for them for yeah. So, but ultimately, the, uh, I think their initial goal was to have me with the primetime players, but they never told me that. <laughs> yeah, so you just it was all good. It all worked out until that fateful night of Kobe Bryant joke. <laughs> Anybody kind of reach out to you recently when he passed and kind of because you know if you look if you look it up you're like oh yeah abraham washington uh he said that kobe joke and you know the gail king thing is that something people were like hey remember you said this is anybody kind of bringing that to your attention uh, i got a couple of tweets you know a couple of things, people saying stuff but it was like eh, you know so long ago now you know eight years ago eight nine eight years nine years ago something like that yeah eight years ago yeah yep <laughs> About eight years in August. So, yeah. Yeah, a couple of people, but not too much. I mentioned it in my um, one of my YouTube videos I put up. So Yeah, those yeah. have been very entertaining, very Abraham Washington-like, you know, very talk show host-esque. A little bit different, yeah, flavor, yeah. different flavor to them, but they're very good, very funny. And I noticed one that you kind of called out Triple H. And I, I just thought that was really funny and really good and kind of ironic with what what he said and what position he is in the company. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like 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 I said in the video, you just better be glad that you know Linda wasn't running for <laughs> uh, Senate again. You know, you'd be out of a job. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, lucky being that spot, and she's not running because boy, she don't play. <laughs> she cut throat. Yeah. Yeah. What? So, yeah, I go after everybody, man. And then you know, like some of it some of it's personal. <laughs> like the the Linda and the Triple H shit, the Stephanie shit, that shit's a little personal. Right. But other stuff, you know, it's just making fun of you know, I hope people don't take offense to it or anything like that. Uh but just just jokes. Enjoy the show. If not, don't watch. Just that simple. Now you said you you know you write you produce you edit all your own shows for that stuff. Yeah. 
do you watch a lot of current wrestling and, and kind of get a lot of material from what you're watching nowadays or, or is this is just kind of all off the cuff? Uh, I mean, I, I try to watch as much as I can. I watch more AEW, uh, NWA, MLW than WWE. Um, just because I'm looking for a different, uh, feel, a different style of storytelling. I was liking what, uh, any, even with impact I was doing, you know, I like the Rob Van Dam, the sex scene and the, <laughs> the joy Ryan stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got, before they get banned on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought that yeah. Was, yeah. I thought this stuff was hilarious, man, but that's just me. That's my sense of humor. Uh, I was enjoying their, their, their writing and their storytelling. Um, same thing with AEW. I, I think AEW can definitely can work on that. The storytelling isn't that great, uh, but they just starting out. There's always room for improvement. I would love that opportunity to get to showcase what I could do over there. So in the, in the right time, you know, I might reach out to someone, so, or even NWA, I love what they're doing too. You know, they have a very classic uh, style to their program. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of wrestling going on. So I'm enjoying it. But I don't think WWE would be calling me anytime soon. So <laughs> I'm not waiting on that call. Probably not. And even the Kobe stuff they're, with their weirdness of, oh, somebody might Google somebody's name and, you know, this will pop up. But, uh, you know, that whole like shenanigans with them where they'll, oh, he mentioned Kobe and Kobe, you know, he, he tragically died. We, we can't have that. And it'll bring his name back in the news and controversy. They're, they're a strange bunch. But going back to NWA Power, you, you see Damian Sandow on there and he's kind of uh, still doing his thing and, and being great <laughs> as Aaron yeah. Stevens. Yeah, he's funny, man. He's a cool, intelligent cat. Yeah, I, I enjoy Sandow. So, yeah, they, they, a lot of guys are still out there working and still doing good stuff. So, good for them. And RVD on Twitch, obviously, his girlfriend and his, well, I guess it's his wife and his wife's girlfriend were like half naked, yeah. I guess, and shut down Twitch. They, they couldn't allow that on Twitch. Pretty funny. Yeah, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> Good stuff. So, what do you think? Yeah, it's better than putting dog food on somebody. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what do you think about current WWE as far as some of their storytelling and their storylines? Obviously, you know, you don't like the dog food. Uh, you think it's a little <laughs> bit behind the times as far as like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, there's there's other ways to. Like I said, I don't, man, I hate to be harsh, but the, like I said, it's, it's the writing, man. You know. I don't know who's writing these shows, but they, they feel rushed. They, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, I feel some of the stuff's dated. They could definitely take a a new direction and try something new, man. Just just step out there. I understand that the product is PG. I mean, you can't have ass and titties everywhere, but I mean, there's some things you can do to liven up the show outside of that, but. They'd have to call me to get that information, but yeah, yep. <laughs> like once again, they're not calling, so they're not gonna get it. You know what's great is you think about it. It's like okay, they're doing the dog food, they're doing corny stuff. He Vince is seventy four years old. Maybe he still thinks that's like over and entertaining, and maybe he thinks it's funny. Maybe it's like an audience of one kind of deal. Exactly, and, and that's exactly what it is most of the time. He's the only one back there laughing. 
And because it's all yes men and everyone around them, they're going to laugh. But when they go in the back, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God, that was so terrible. But here's that. <laughs> you know, so it's like, mm, okay. Uh, you, you, I don't know what the viewers are thinking, but if he's happy, then I guess everybody else has to be happy. As far as if you're a talent and you say something to him like Vince, that's not funny, that's dated, that is that really like frowned upon? I mean, does he want yes men or does he want somebody to kind of sit, tell him like that's it's stupid, that's bad, that's not going to work? To a certain degree. I mean, I, I believe Vince will respect you more as a man if you let him know, you know, what you feel about something. But at the end of the day, it's his decision. You know, if he says, okay, this is what I, okay, here's the, if he tell if he, if he gave me a certain promo to go out and do, and I didn't do that promo, I went into business for myself and did something else and went to the back, oh, it's, it's going to be hell to pay, you know? Even if, I, I think even if it, it went over great with the crowd, you know, you know, you still, still something you don't do. But if you do it beforehand, you'd be like, hey, Vince, I really don't feel this, you know, blah, blah, blah. He'll talk to you. He'll negotiate with you on why you should do it. And then ultimately at the end, he's going to get his way. But what can you do, man? It's the boss. You can try, but respectfully yeah. try. You're not just going to say, hey, I ain't doing that shit, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, either way. You always hear stories from wrestlers saying that he's got his own, like, uh, not trickery, but almost like um, Jedi mind tricks that he does to some wrestlers. Is that actually true? Does he kind of like trick them into thinking like, okay, I'm listening to your ideas, but nope, we're doing what I want. Yeah, it's not really a Jedi mind trick. It's just the fact that he's Vince's man, and he knows he's Vince's <laughs> man. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's the bottom line, you know. And he knows that the wrestler knows he's Vince's man. And so it's like, that's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. What was I thinking? I'm I'm stupid. Of course. That's a great idea, Vince. Thank you. Not really uh, magic, <laughs> but he knows the power that he holds. So yeah, you can make yeah, like stupid for a while, but eventually you, you give in. And what was your relationship like with Triple H, or lack thereof? I mean, did you have a relationship at all with Triple H? No, listen, I, I, I had great respect for Triple H. You know, I admired Triple H as an as a in-ring performer beforehand, and I still do now, you know. We got some personal issues that I'm a little pissed off about, but other than that, as, as his career, you know, I'm a fan of his. But they're just not a fan of me, so that's the thing. So I, I think that's the problem. But I don't, you know, but while I was there, it was always a handshake, Hey, how you doing? Everything's good. You know, everything's cordial. And keep it moving. You know, we weren't hanging out at the club and nothing like that, but <laughs> just business relationship. If you had something to tell you, pull you to the side, talk to you, let you know what's happening with this and that. And just keep it moving. And you mentioned not really having a good relationship with Stephanie either. Uh, it's, I never had a bad relationship with anyone till the end. You know, it, everything flowed smoothly. You know, I, like I, I told someone this before, the week, two weeks before I, I got fired, you know, Vince Vince came up to me and was like, "Oh, you did a great job the other night, blah blah blah." 
when you took off your shoe, oh, it was so funny. You know, Stephanie came up to me and was like, oh, AW, that was great. I loved it, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything was great. So that's why when I got released, you know, it just came as a shock, you know. And, it, and it, at that point, I was in, in shock when I was, you know, I was tweeting and angry at that point. So it's like, because it came out of nowhere. So, yeah, but before that, I had a pretty nice relationship with everyone. There wasn't yes. any animosity or bad feelings towards anybody in the company. You did have a bit of a Twitter rant. I do remember that. I definitely yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, and I always say, yeah, there was a little alcohol involved with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> still, yeah, there's still really no excuse, but still, got to say they need a breathalyzer for uh, social media posts, man, seriously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was an alcohol-fueled rant. So a lot of retweets and, and saying some things, you know, eh. look at it now. It's like, yeah, whatever, but it's done. Now, as we hit the wind down button and head towards the finish on March the 7th in Queens, New York at the big event, you will be at the LaGuardia Plaza hotel with our buddy, Larry, and you'll be with a wrestling historian, Big time on Instagram. Tons of followers on there. Definitely check them out there. What do you think about returning to the autograph world? Uh, should be interesting, man. Uh, I don't look like how I used to look, so I don't know if anybody will know who the hell I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully we got some. Well, yeah, he sent me the picture. You know, I just got to put the picture on my forehead and like tape it to my forehead. People say, oh, yeah, that's Abraham Washington. And then people remember them, but. It, it will be good to be back in the mix. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're kind of a rare get. They better have, have some big signage and say, hey, this is really him. I mean, he, this is a rare guest to have, which is great yeah. at those things. Because sometimes you see some very, very familiar faces that are always around. So it's great to get some yeah. rarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody whose autograph you don't have already because <laughs> yes. a lot of the same people go to the same shows and like you said they see the same faces all the time so this will be um i'll be in the unicorn corner you know that 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 rare breed that rare species you never see love it now looking back at the career as far as in ring do you have favorite matches or favorite opponents do you look at stuff like that look back fondly hmm I had a really good match with Roman one time uh, on a house show. It was really good. Nice, strong match. Um, I worked with Trent Beretta a couple of times. Really good. Everybody I've been in the ring. Uh, Byron Saxon, too. I think Byron's one of my more memorable ones because, you know, we were both, like, announcing – and we had the the chemistry beforehand. He was like one of the guys that was in my little clique or association or whatever. And then, you know, wind up betraying me, backstabbing me. And we did this long thing on FCW TV. So, which was really cool. Uh, Dusty put that all together. He enjoyed it. He loved us working together. So, yeah, that that would probably be my most memorable one. Where I'm Byron, yeah. And most people don't even know the guy wrestles, you know, or he used to wrestle. <laughs> so, they just think he's an announcer. So, yeah, you used to seeing him on you know, Raw, SmackDown, back on Raw again, and kind of being that like generic corny, you know, hey guys, uh, root for the good yeah. guy kind of kind of announcer. 
Yeah, the the Carlton. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, yes, he, he, WWE Carlton. But he's a great guy, very intelligent, and he's great at what he does. So you know, he's been there for a while now. Hopefully, he can keep it going, man. I wish him the best. Great guy. Looking back, do you regret the Kobe stuff and the Linda tweet, or or not really? Because it's like one of those things where it's like shocking that they would even have a problem with either one. You know, sometimes I go back and forth, even with myself on it, because sometimes I feel like, man, that was a good joke. I don't regret it. But then sometimes I say, man, I regret it. So <laughs> it depends on which day you catch me on. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't regret it. It was, it, it, okay, here, here's one of my reasonings behind making a joke. He was not convicted of rape. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. If yep. he had been convicted of rape, it's a rape joke. Then that's that's offensive. It was an alleged rape joke, you know. So it, it's a fun, it's a gray area there. But you know, it's still, eh, I, I actually looked it up. I said, did he really rape this woman? If he raped her, then I was like, nah, I can't make that joke. This is me in the back googling. Did Kobe Bryant get convicted of rape? Hmm. <laughs> he was like, no, I. Something that I guess they settled out or she wouldn't testify or something. They came to some type of agreement. So I'm like, okay, yep. Kobe Bryant really isn't a rapist, technically, you know, so I can make this joke. But here we go. Council culture went ahead and chimed on in and, mm-hmm. you know, called in to WWE and saying they were offended by this and that. Even Kobe Bryant's brother, <laughs> they told me, called, called in and was like, uh, we did not appreciate that. So I was like, ooh. And you got Kobe Bryant's brother calling in. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, uh, a joke is a, it's a joke, man. I tell, I'm, I'm telling jokes now that, you know, uh, might be on that level right now, but it's my platform. So I don't have to worry about getting that call saying, uh, you know, gonna have to let you go. So I feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin, in my own space, and I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. So otherwise, uh, so what I need to do, do something else. As far as that joke, do you think you should have asked the writer or got it approved? Or is one of those things where it's like, nope. right? Yeah, okay. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've mentioned this before. It was John Cena was the one who... Uh, I don't want to say forced me to make that joke, but kept pressing me to be more entertaining during the matches on the mic, you know, because before I would always go out and, you know, just say random stuff like, yay, I don't even remember what I used to say, you know, just shout out things. Good job. Oh yeah. Get them, get them, you know, stupid stuff. And, you know, the scene would always be like, you, you need to be more entertaining. Next week you see me on the house. You can do better, you know? And then finally I'm like, okay, Monday Night Raw, I'm going to go out here and lay their ass out. <laughs> so then I go out and do the joke. But then I see Cena, and he's like, he enjoyed the joke. He laughed. <laughs> but all hell came down on me because of it. But I probably wouldn't have never made that joke if it wasn't for Cena telling me, you know, to be more entertaining and come up with more entertaining stuff. So indirectly, I blame John Cena, but. John Cena was a good guy to me, so I let it slide. Oh, damn it, John Cena. Damn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, but John was always nice, always had something good to say to me. So, yeah, he, he, well, yeah, he was only just pushing me to, you know, to be better. And he always, right. In my opinion, he always pushed everybody to be better. There are a lot of people who John didn't like, and they had their issues, you know, like with Alex Riley. I don't think they got along well, and a few other stories that I've heard. But I don't know, yeah, just my relationship with him was good. So, yeah, he's the one that made me do it. Now, you mentioned as far as your own stuff and you're comfortable doing it, and you mentioned YouTube. Where can everybody find it? Where can everybody see? What can they expect from that show? Well, you can expect to hear a lot of things you won't hear uh, <laughs> on most people's podcasts. You know, I say what I want, and I tell the stories that I want to tell and how I want to tell it. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremiah Consta 3 Jeremiah Consta, and that is the number three. And I'm also on YouTube at Rev Jeremiah Constantine. And on Instagram, I am Rev dot Jeremiah Constantine. So that is where I'm located. I would appreciate anybody stopping by, checking it out, watching the videos, comment, let me know what you think. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. All right. Awesome stuff. And of course, come see you March 7th, the big event. LaGuardia Plaza Hotel, Queens, New York, with a, a wrestling historian on Instagram. He'll be there with you, and it's going to be great. And get a rare autograph and rare picture with somebody that you haven't met before. That's right. Like Abraham, a rare Pokemon, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Washington, thank you so much. And obviously, I want to encourage everybody to check out Reverend Jeremiah Constantine. It's going to be uh, yeah. some good stuff, and it's uh, going to have to check out more of that stuff. I love the Triple H joke, so I'm going to be uh, looking out for some more stuff. Oh, yeah. I just put something up this week. So if you can't check it out, the Pro Wrestling Analysis on YouTube. Rev. Jeremiah Constantine. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.